Greetings, and welcome to Annette Adrift, the story of a cursed knight bound by honor to defend her kingdom from the ancient evil that threatens it. My name is Vigil, and I'll be your guide to the unforgiving realm of Valerius as the knight Eveline fights to forge a new legend. Remember, friends, that to survive this perilous journey, you must move with purpose, guard your soul, and always beware the darkness. From their place on the steps above the cemetery, Aveline and Fallon watched the solemn funeral in silence. A priestess clad in the black cloak and wearing the gold slate and onyx rings of her order spoke the burial rites, arms spread wide to the mourners gathered before her. And so we commit the fallen to the earth, commit them to the embrace of dusk, so they may be remade in dark and reborn in dawn. Aurora. Grant them the light of life, so as to nourish, to protect, and to sustain those who are left to carry on in their stead. The knight smeared the cold sweat on her brow with the back of her dirt-stained hand, as her gaze drifted skyward, eyes tracing the errant shafts of late afternoon light that illuminated the gray stones and skeletal trees that marked the village of Stonefall's graveyard. Low walls of stacked rocks stretched deep into the valley describing the edges of the hallowed space in which three fresh graves had been gouged out from the frozen earth. Mountainous clouds drifted by overhead, weightless and indifferent, despite the dark shadows they cast on those toiling among the crags below. A thin layer of bright snow glittered on the dead leaves that covered the ground and graves, but from the village to the valley, a steep path of ancient stone steps had been cleared with care. Beside the night, Fowlon leaned forward on the shovel clutched tight in her hands, breathing slow and deep of the cool winter air, even as she winced from time to time. The girl's scowling face was caked with dust and dirt. In the days since the Black Knight's attack, the village had become a muted, dreadful place. Few spoke aloud in public, and when they did, only a handful of terse words were all any could manage. An air of quiet terror had descended upon the village, exacerbated by the deaths of three of the demon's victims, despite the best efforts of Bell and his father. When the time came, the knight and the guardian toiled beside the miners and masons, willing to see the grim task of grave digging done. And though there were many that did not trust the blue knight, none protested when Aveline lifted a rusty spade alongside the others and plunged it into the stubborn ground. You believe? Fowlon asked, tilting her chin toward the congregation. Many among the order did. Aveline muttered and then shook her head. An almost imperceptible smile lifted Aveline's lips. Roland spoke of the gods only once that I can remember. Respect the gods, and those who love them, 
but always put faith in yourself, he said. I like that, Faolan pronounced after a moment's consideration. <laughs> As did I, until all of this began, until Ixiel and his scheme were set in motion. Now, now I'm not certain I am worth anyone's faith, let alone my own, Aveline admitted. Faolan watched the night with a sidelong glance, a sorrowful expression in her eyes. Looking at the stone beneath her feet, Aveline kicked a chunk of ice off the path. What about you? she asked. This is as close as I get, Faolan said, then returned her gaze to the burial. It seemed the ceremony was nearing its conclusion. Six men lowered the blanket-wrapped bodies into the earth on planks and ropes. Bell stood among the others, a man and woman to either side crying as they gripped the healer's outstretched hands. The tall, brutish miner, Garvin, his broken arm set and slung, his face a mask of solemn rage, watched the fallen disappear into the ground with watery eyes ablaze. The young guardian sighed. <sighs> Grandpa believed in the old god of fire. My mother not so much. Believed in steel and skill. Guess I feel the same. Bell, though, I don't know. Seems like a bunch of junk to me. Yet to see some ladies floating in the sky and ground help anyone when the demons came. Minutes passed in silence between the two young women before the mourners raised their eyes to the sun in unison. Each touched their closed fists to their foreheads, chests, and torsos, looking skyward to the ground, and then eyes closed in honor of the three. Bell exchanged words with the mourners, even shook hands with the towering Garvin, before breaking away from the group to rejoin his companions on the cemetery steps. He attempted a half-hearted smile as he nodded toward the red dots of blood sprinkled on Falon's sweat-drenched cotton shirt. It's done, Bell said. Thank you, both of you. You've done the families a great honor. Evelyn looked past the healer at the group of sentinels still sobbing beside the graves. This is my fault. If I had not come here. Falon waved her hand in casual dismissal. If you hadn't come here, it might have been me in the ground. They don't blame you, Aveline, Bell replied. A group of wary men and women shuffled past, up the stairs toward the village. As they passed by, a few among them dared to glance at the night. We should be going. It will be dark soon, the healer said. The bright eyes beneath his messy blonde hair were downcast in a cloud of distant worry. Aveline nodded, but her gaze looked from beyond Bell to the group of silent mourners still gathered together amid the snow and cold. Full of resentment, Falon sighed again before handing her heavy iron-bladed shovel to Aveline, who hoisted both of the tools over her own aching shoulder. As the Guardian started home, a cloud of steam burst forth amid a yelp of pain from her wincing body. With another somber smile, Bell offered his arm for support and face blushing, Falon accepted it without protest. Together the pair slowly made its way up the stairs away from the graveyard. Still, the knight lingered on the mountainside, the shovels heavy in her hand. 
Aveline watched the families of those who were dead as a result of her mere presence and longed to speak again to Roland, to hear words she hoped would sound like reassuring wisdom. These were not soldiers in her care, fighting for a just and glorious cause. These handful were only a few among many that would likely die should she wait any longer to move on from this place. The Black Knight's wrathful words of warning echoed in her mind. From the small crowd, several stoic faces peered up to the woman standing above them. Their eyes were dark and red from grief, but appeared not to be without a spark of sympathy for the stranger in their midst. Eyes locked with those of the night, some among them bowed their heads slowly toward the earth in solemn respect. Aveline's heart thundered in her chest. She felt her cheeks flush. A gale tore through the barren valley and smashed a torrent of icy crystals on all those in its path. The night shuddered, but those watching her from below stood firm and immovable despite the violence of the weather. Tears born of wind or shame welled in Aveline's eyes, and as she reached up to wipe them from her cheeks, a dirt-smeared sigil came into focus. She stared at the mark for a moment, shocked and disgusted and with a final glance in the direction of the cemetery, turned to catch her companions. As the three walked through the streets of Stonefall, the late day sun dipped low behind the shrouded peaks. In the gray shadow of the mountains, snowflakes fluttered on the breeze like tiny frozen leaves scattered throughout the village. Echoes of footfalls and creaking tree branches were devoured by thunderous gusts that grew stronger with each passing minute. Night had come, and with it, the threat of a vengeful tempest. Ahead of the group, a small figure approached. A hooded man, face obscured by shadow, beard as white as frost, and clad in a thick red shawl, shuffled from door to door a shining lantern in one shaking hand, and an unlit candle in the other. At each building's threshold, a dark, glass-paneled lantern swayed on a hook embedded in the masonry. Carefully, the man turned his back on the wind to unlatch the cold lamp's tiny door, then the door of his own. After waiting a moment for the draft to subside, he lit his candle in a flash, and then thrust the flame inside his lantern's lifeless counterpart. When a thin stream of smoke rose from the renewed lantern, the ancient lamplighter replaced its latch and smiled. Gnarled hand pressed to the glass, the man waited until it glowed with an amber luminescence, and then spoke a handful of words too quiet to be heard. Nodding toward the light, the man smiled again before moving on. Each of the bright lanterns swinging in his wake shone like beacons along the gloomy street lending the gray walls and paths uncharacteristic warmth. Faulon glanced behind her to wave Aveline forward, but the knight's eyes were fixed on the old man's work. The young guardian nudged Belle to stop, and the healer complied. In a moment, she stood beside Aveline, pointing. That man, Orin. They say he was once one of you. A soldier of the forge, Faulon murmured. Aveline started in surprise at the disturbance of what seemed a sacred task, but the guardian continued. Garvin's father, if you can believe it, 
think he showed up here not too long after Monticulus. Fled the capital or something. I don't know him, Aveline replied, the whisper of her voice nearly taken by a new gust. She studied the old man as he stepped closer, the face beneath his shawl illuminated by the light he carried. In a place such as this, Aveline imagined the lights offered some small comfort in the coming dark, and wondered how long he had performed a thankless task. Although his hands shook with cold, whenever he touched the clasps or moved the candle, they were steady and precise. The lamplighter approached the three young travelers and stopped. The heart is a forge, the man proclaimed, staring hard at Aveline as he spoke. His voice was strong and cut through the noise around him, even as the lantern he gripped twisted in the wind. Despite his age and the lattice of lines and scars that scored his weathered face, the man's eyes flickered in the lantern's light with a striking intensity. From beneath his woolen red shawl, he raised the tremulous hand in which he held the candle and struck it hard against his chest. The soul is a sword, Aveline replied beneath her breath. Overwhelmed by the lamplighter's display, she was shocked to hear the words emerge from her mouth, but raised her sigiled hand and returned the salute. It had been too long since last she had cause to utter the order's greeting. The man lifted his head in acknowledgement, and with a smile on his cracked lips, returned to his task. Aveline said nothing more. As the lamplighter unlatched the next lantern in his charge, Bell took Fallon's arm, and dragging her from the scene, the three resumed their slow, pensive journey home. How many minutes passed on their walk through the cold, Aveline would not have been able to count. When the three stepped from the side street between the low stone buildings and onto the village's main road, yet another unexpected encounter awaited them. Bell froze mid-step, a sharp gasp of surprise caught in his throat. Fowlon, annoyed, traced his wide-eyed gaze toward her family's home and glowered. Possessed by instinct, she stepped away from the healer and crouched low. Waiting before the ancient, windswept house stood the mysterious white fox, its cold blue eyes shining in the dying light of the day, its teeth bare in a wide-mouthed grin. A hand on Belle's tense shoulder, and her own eyes narrowed in scrutiny. Aveline stepped in front of her companions to confront the ethereal beast. With both hands wrapped tight around the heavy shovels, the knight lowered the tools to her side, ready to swing them in defense. What are you doing here? Aveline shouted. What do you want from me? Beyond the village's walls, the sun submerged below the mountains and plunged the village into darkness. The fox watched the knight with a look of amused curiosity before yawning in reply. A black shadow passed overhead, disappearing with a screech amid the burgeoning cloak of dusk. Another burst of wind, more powerful than those before it, tore down the avenue and tousled the canines near incandescent fur. Hello again, young knight, the fox grumbled, as it turned to nudge the house's wooden door open with a massive paw. I think at time we spoke in earnest. A Night Adrift is written, narrated, and produced by Devin McKernan. Original music provided courtesy of Kai Engel, Chris Zabriskie, 
and special guest musician Ian Alex Mack. Want to hear more? Visit anightadrift.com to join Aveline's journey, follow us on social media, and be notified of new episodes, art, and stories. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. Thanks for listening.